0: As for my American friend, the CIA thinks it can infiltrate the mountain of Dr. Cron? You can't scare me, you s***. Take him to Detroit. No!
1: No, not Detroit! No! No, please! Anything with that! No! 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 This way, gentlemen.
0: I'll show you to your room.
1: Hello and welcome to the Page to Pixel podcast. I am your host Reed Jolin, and joined with me as always is my dear boy, best boy in crime, Jeremy Ruck. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, Reed. How you doing there, guy? Oh, pretty good, cousin. How you doing? What's going oh. on in your What's going on in your world? I heard you had a little something for us to do to start this episode.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, I had a real good time with you guys the other week when I was there. So get this: so when I was leaving, I saw some youths out there selling some lemonade. I figured. You know, this would be a great opportunity for me to teach these kids the importance of business insurance. So I go up to them, and it's clear they ain't getting it. So I decided to give them some real-life examples, like what happens if someone comes and steals your lemons, or knocks the pitcher over, or takes a bat upside your buddy's head here and runs off with the money. So long story short, I'm doing a dime down in County. So maybe if anyone wants to send me a birthday cake with a file or an angle grinder in, I'd really appreciate a hand up here. I thought I thought you weren't allowed
1: by children anymore. Well, this is a learning opportunity for these kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I, I suppose so. Children, if you see a large man with a beard coming at you with a baseball bat, and you are, in fact, selling some sort of fruit-flavored sweetened beverage, just run. Just run inside.
0: There's no real charge called endangering youths. They trump that up on me, and I'm going to beat this rap.
1: Right, I, I wish you all the best, my my dear boy. All right, and that kind of, that kind of brings us... All the way around to our main topic tonight. And that is the classic Grand Theft Auto series. Uh, in particular tonight, we're going to be talking about the mainline series. As always, we've not really like had any deep dives into side games. I think as we kind of gain more viewers and stuff like that, our listeners, um, we're going to kind of pursue some of the side stories. Uh, but this time around, we're going to be focusing solely on Grand Theft Auto 1, Grand Theft Auto 2, Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Uh, so a lot of the side games, like the Vice City stories and Liberty City stories, we're going to save for another time. And we're not going to... Are, are Are you going to be talking about GTA 4? Or are we just stopping with um, San Andreas? San Andreas. Okay, so we're stopping with San Andreas. So really the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 games. Obviously these games have come out on a lot more systems after the fact. And one thing that you guys are going to probably find pretty interesting is how looking at the sales numbers of these games, um, just like the the, the way that the PS2 era games really blew up and how just radically, I don't want to say radically different, but how di- different the, the original games were versus what we have as GTA experiences for now. So that being said, Jeremy, let's jump into our own experiences with these games. I'll, I'll, I'll deter it to you because you have a lot of time in the clink. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with um, maybe the first two, if any. So the first two, the
0: only memory I have of playing these was at a sleepover at one of my friends' house as a kid. And I can't remember if it was one or two, but I remember we were just sitting up and playing it. And it must, it must have been two, because two, is that when they introduced the, the phone booths and the actual missions, right?
1: Yeah, it's actually like different colored phone booths like dictate the difficulty and stuff.
0: Right, yeah, and I didn't have a PlayStation One personally, so I was I just played it at my friend's house when I'd go over there to hang out. So a really limited experience with with two, um, which if you're unaware, two is a is kind of a top down sort of adventure, or not adventure, but just like top down shooter, maybe.
1: Yeah, it is. It, I mean, both the first two are very much um, top down, and I believe in the subsequent PS2 games, you can actually revert the camera to look like that if i'm not mistaken. Oh, really yeah i think so at least the third one i remember doing it in the third one could be wrong i could be just hallucinating that but i remember that you could actually like tilt the camera skywards or downwards from the sky um to make it look like a top-down view which was interesting because the gameplay for the later games is a lot different than uh the first two but we'll get into that a little bit later um yeah. and
0: i uh i honestly remember not um you know playing grand Theft Auto Three. And not until I was an adult actually making the connection that they were part of the same series.
1: And I think that's the the big takeaway um, from these earlier games that we're going to get into is like a lot of people know and love the PS2 era games. Like, you know, people our age really dig those. And obviously GTA 5 is one of the highest selling games of all time. I think it just pushed over 150 million copies. And I believe it is still the most expensive game ever developed. Um, There's been talks, and I believe recently, in the last two weeks or so, we're recording in mid-February right now, um, that GTA 6 was officially confirmed to be in development. I know they've been pushing out a lot of DLC for like the online and stuff like that, just to kind of keep people at bay. But I know a lot of people um, that are fans of the GTA series are getting a little stir-crazy that it's just this regurgitation of GTA 5 over and over again. Because GTA 5, as amazing as it is, Um, came out originally on the Xbox 360, PS3, then the PS4, Xbox One, and now they're going to be re-releasing it again on PS5 and Series X. So it's just like this roundabout way of continuing the money train for Rockstar, so to speak. But let's forget about Red Dead Redemption Online. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm not salty at all. You're not salty? Not at all. Is it just, I, I mean, I don't really have a ton of experience with the Red Dead Online stuff. I mean, I know, I think I played it one time. Like, I just got off my horse and I got shot in the head from, like, you know, down, 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 down yonder by the corral. So, wasn't a huge fan. Uh,
0: oh, it's actually, it, I don't know. You kind of have to make your own fun with it. Think of kind of Minecraft. Like, there's stuff to do, but it's a lot of grind. But, I don't know. I got into it right around the time I started actually getting into westerns and stuff as an adult. And it's, it's cool to just ride around with your bros and wrangle up people, but I think a big part of it, is maybe why a lot of people necessarily don't get into it, is just that it's not getting a lot of support from Rockstar, say as much as Grand Theft Auto Online, but that's a that's a, an argument for a different day, I guess.
1: And speaking of the same terms that we kind of left Kirby off on, with Kirby being the Wendy's of Nintendo... Um... Would you say that since Rockstar has become such like this ultimate development company, you know they're really top dog now? Would you consider them the Dwayne, the Rock, the Johnson of video game developers? <laughs> I mean, think about it. I think I think Rockstar is probably. I, mean, I, I would. I, I would. I would love
0: to. I would love to disagree to make this a more interesting like debate topic. But the Rock has really branched out into a lot of different forms of media. And does he have a rap album or a music career? I think that's the only thing that, you you know, you could say Macho Man Randy Savage wrestled. He was in Spider-Man and he does have an awesome album out.
1: Well, The Rock did sing a like rap R&B song on one of the WWF albums from like the early 2000s. So I can absolutely send All it right. to you. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 would, I would very much like to listen to it. Of course. Um, so any other, I mean, let's just kind of do a general reflection on what these series are. Obviously, when, when we stop at all of the games, we can kind of reflect on them. But like, what's your overall impression of the Grand Theft Auto series? As far as like what they are like media wise or? No, I mean, like, what do they, what do you think they mean to you and mean to the the greater gaming world? Well, I would say the, the biggest thing is they're really revolutionary
0: when it comes to open world. Um. They were probably the first big hit where you're not playing in, in a linear fashion, but you can go out and explore the world, at least the third one, and just kind of find all these little nooks and crannies, and you're not just doing mission after mission.
1: Right. Yeah, I think, especially the third one, really just changed, broke the mold, Uh, to quote, uh, smash mouth. You know, not all shooting stars break the mold. Well, in this case, Grand Theft Auto 3 did, so... That being said, I think my general reflection on the Grand Theft Auto series is it's a pretty um, it's a pretty important series in my life. I think I've played I've beaten all of the Grand Theft Auto classic ones, not like the first or second one, and we'll talk about that. But you know, GTA three, um, GTA Vice City, San Andreas uh, five I've beaten twice. So I've 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 sunk in a lot of my teenage years into these games, um, despite the chagrin of like public media outcry about these games they I think I think in a way the uh, controversy behind these games actually helped it out quite significantly Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the controversy but you know it's just uh, oh if you haven't played the GTA series I don't know what you're doing Um, there's there's something for everybody with these games especially like the fifth one is really um, open-ended and user-friendly I think I mean this isn't the GTA 5 focused episode but I just love um, the fifth the fifth game like I said I've beaten it twice um, so it, but yeah, this it's game awesome. was
0: huge. That like it really brought everything to a next level too.
1: Yeah, it absolutely did. So, um, go did ahead.
0: you? I, I think we just get into the controversy of the game right now before we get into the story. So obviously, the game is about crime and there's sex, drugs, murder, theft, everything like that. Reed, did you have any issues getting your parents to buy you a copy of Grand Theft Auto?
1: Um, I don't remember that I if I did or not um I, I don't think my parents really cared because that was it was just like me kind of staying out of their hair right. so it, I remember distinctly and I was going to bring this up during Vice City but I'll just say it now I remember I was in seventh grade when Vice City came out I was during Christian confirmation time <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I distinctly told I remember telling my dad hey this game's coming out that I really want to get can you go get it for me and that that night I had confirmation meeting Practice class, whatever, and like I, I got in the car with my dad. I was really excited. He's like, "Oh, sorry, they're all sold out." And I got really sad. And then he opened up like the dash console and he had a copy for me. So I remember that vividly to this day. He got um, you real good. He got me real good. Um, that's like the only dad joke time he's ever done <laughs> in his life. So,
0: um, so you I'm, went straight from Christian confirmation to picking up sex workers and beating them to death with a baseball bat.
1: Correct. And I think with um, San Andreas, I would have been about fifteen. And I remember for that one, I don't remember how I got it. I was obviously able to get it, but I remember the first copy I bought. I moved my PS2 while the disc was playing, and it got a crack on like the, the center. Oh, I yeah, but I, I returned it to GameStop saying, "Oh, it stopped working," <laughs> and they gave me another copy. You know, so I broke it, but they're yeah. You know, they 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 gave me another copy. Uh, but yeah, no, super super important game for me. Um, Growing up, I mean, I just love the humor of like the classic era stuff. I mean, there's so many just like funny radio stations and stuff like that. And maybe we'll talk about that as we kind of get into it. I think we're we're spoiling a lot of stuff without actually getting into the nitty-gritty of it. So should we start with the first game? I would say so. All right. So uh, as always, we're going to kind of talk about the games in question. Uh, Kind of gloss, I don't want to say gloss over, but talk a little bit about the plot points of each of these games. Uh, maybe talk about if they're connected again. That's the important part about talking about these franchises, talking about the characters and locations uh, and just general themes and inspirations is really my goal for this. So looking at the first game, Grand Theft Auto, as you can imagine, is the first title uh, originally developed by DMA Design, which would eventually become Rockstar North. Uh, it was also co-developed by Tarantula Studios, uh, which, which eventually became Rockstar Lincoln. And I didn't know this until uh, I started researching for this series that uh, these companies, Rockstar, was originally based in England. I I always assumed that it was like some wild, um, you know, developer from like the West Coast or something. But no, it's actually a a company that uh, originated in England, which I thought was really interesting. And it was published by BMG Interactive and ACS Games. And I believe one of those eventually became Take-Two Interactive. So as you can see with the first game, it doesn't really have that Rockstar vibe or, uh, I guess, stamp with it yet. I mean, these these developers would eventually become Rockstar Studios. But anyway, uh, the platforms that this was originally released for was PC, and I think this is... I don't remember. You, you kind of you mentioned how you had played Grand Theft Auto or Grand Theft Auto 2 at a friend's house, and I have a very similar experience with one of these games. I believe it was also the second one. I remember playing it at my cousin's house really briefly, and since it just kind of drops you into this environment like you don't there's not a lot of like narrative there's not a lot of you know cutscenes and stuff like it just drops you into the game and you just play this game the first two games really are more just action oriented games there's not a lot of plot it's just kind of this drive a car around do this mission there's not a lot to it but these games sorry this game grand theft auto originally was released on pc ps1 and game boy color which I thought was interesting. Uh, the PC version originally came out in February of 1998. And the PS1 version, which came out in June of 1998. The Game Boy Color version, for whatever reason, came out over a year and a half later in November of 1999. So, um, looking at the first Grand Theft Auto game, like I said, it is playing in a top-down perspective. Uh, I think the original plan for this game and some of the background behind why they wanted to create this is that... Uh, I there's two brothers and I should probably look this up. There's two brothers that were in charge of like the masterminds of the grand theft auto series. And essentially what they were saying is we really want to, we're inspired by a lot of these like nineties crime movies, eighties crime movies. We want to make a game. That's going to kind of push the envelope. Uh, And I know rockstar has gone on to say before that they don't want to make first person shooters. They don't want to make what everyone else is making. So in a way, this series, this game in particular, is sort of a proof of concept for what they would eventually do in later games. So, as I said before, this is a top-down game, and you can choose from a number of characters. You're not stuck with a character like you are in Vice City or San Andreas or any of the other ones, but you can actually choose different characters that don't really have a huge impact on the story. Uh, And how it really works is you go around um, Liberty City, which is like the main city in Grand Theft Auto 3 and 4, and... Which is essentially like a, a hodgepodge of like New York City, maybe a little bit of Chicago. You also do go to Vice City, which is a recreation of Miami. And you also do go to San Andreas, which is like the Bay Area of San Francisco in California uh, and LA. So it's interesting that if in the first game they actually pr- kind of predict or set the tone for what other, you know, the other games are going to be solely based in. They did release expansion packs to this game. Um, they released an expansion pack, Grand Theft Auto 69, London 69, in uh, April of 1999. And then just a few months later, they released um, London 61, which, as far as I know, is probably like the most obscure rock star Grand Theft Auto game, London 61. Uh, they're, they're more or less just mission packs, expansion packs. So the game, they don't add a ton different. It just takes place in 1960s London. So it's sort of inspired by like James Bond and the Avengers. Um, and stuff like that. But Grand Theft Auto 1 does take place in uh, 1997. It takes place when the game was sort of developed and released. And just like I said, I can run down through the plot points because what you essentially do is you kind of work your way from city to city. You start in Liberty City, you move on to San Andreas, and then you move to Vice City. Uh, And how it works is you're in this top-down perspective and you have kind of tank controls, which are really uncomfortable. I know that's a big thing that happened a lot in the uh, late nineties is people were still trying to figure out how to controls, uh, do controls well, um, especially for shooters and action games. So this is really before the, I guess, proliferation of dual shot controls, which really became, you know, the, the standard for any shooting game. So it, it's just kind of interesting to see how this game kind of plays out. I, I honestly, like it, It's on the PlayStation Classic, and I don't think it holds up super well. I know it might be bad to say. But anyway, let me kind of take a step back, and let's talk a little bit about what happens uh, at each of these um, locations. Starting with Liberty City, the main mission that you start off with is called Gangsta Bang. Uh, So you, the player, start off in Liberty City and begin to work for Robert Bubby Seragliano's gang. They have the player complete several jobs, ranging from stealing taxis to killing the LCPD police via car bombs. They also have you assassinate Lawyer of a rival sinetti gang. One Mission also involves a trap in the form of a bomb on a bus that will blow up if it gets below 50 miles an hour. Obviously, like I said before, huge reference to other 90s movies including Speed. So once the player has enough points, that's the interesting thing about Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2 is like you're, you're trying to accumulate points just like an old school arcade game. But anyway, once the player has enough points, Don Sinetti's right hand man Kabat, Contacts the player wishing to speak with him or her. Upon uh, meeting him, he claims the player double-crossed Baldman Man CINETI and is a dead man if it happens <laughs> again. Uh, so, again, the, the story is very just like cut-and-dry mobster style.
0: Which is kind of the first few games in general, I would say. Yeah, even... even a lot the, of really
1: cliche gangster movie stuff. Yeah, even the third one is very much like this. It's just done in a better perspective. I would say even all the way
0: up to Vice City is still... Yeah, very yeah, very. I, so. I mean, it expands on it a little bit more, but it's still very, like, good fellas, that kind of, you know, very stereotypical gangster kind of thing.
1: Yep, absolutely. And then the next mission in Liberty City is called Heist Almighty. Uh, once again, the player must do several jobs to complete the level and get to San Andreas. Right away, Bubby calls saying Sasha has been kidnapped. Uh, failing the mission will reveal that Sasha is actually the boss's puppy. The player can choose to rescue her, or fail it. If the player fails the mission, the cops find and bring her in. For someone heard her scream in a trunk. Once the player does some jobs, including killing Sanetti, and has enough points again, Bubby will ask the player to come see him. Bubby will say the player did a good job, but the cops are close enough to look up his ass with a flashlight. Bubby, in an effort to get rid of the unneeded police attention, booked the player a flight to San Andreas. So, again, very cliche stuff uh, in the second half of the Liberty City missions. So let's move on to San Andreas. Mandarin Mayhem. Upon arriving in San Andreas, the player is contacted by Uncle Foo's gang and begins to work for them. Once the player does enough work and gets enough points, they can see the old man. He's building a crime syndicate of extraordinary magnitude, and the player honors his family. <laughs> Isn't that, like, extraordinary magnitude? Isn't that what um, the the Kentucky Fried Movie Guy says again? Like, you are a man of extraordinary magnitude. Something like that. Like I simple. think it might be. I think it might be directly that. Yeah. We'll, have, we'll just have to rewatch it again. Oh, yes, I'm, I wouldn't be you. If you guys have not seen Kentucky Fried Movie, do yourself a favor. Uh, so that's, that's uh, yeah, I think that is actually <laughs> it. He's building a crime syndicate of extraordinary magnitude, and the player honors his family. Yeah, I think that's the line from Kentucky Fried Movie. Anyway, uh, on to the next mission in San Andreas after uh, working for Uncle Foo. You do Tequila Slammer. Now the player works for El Burro. Once the player does enough jobs, (laughs) the donkey.
0: (laughs) Well, two things. A the donkey is his name, which is funny. And also B, Tequila Slammer is usually my Saturday nights. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. When you're not harassing children with lemonade stands. No comment? Okay.
0: Okay, no. Okay. (laughs) Talk to my lawyer.
1: So So okay, so Burro is like you said, it's donkey in Spanish. So is burrito like small donkey? Because ito, doesn't ito like mean small? I could be wrong. I don't speak
0: Spanish. Um, I know burro is donkey. This concludes my knowledge of the Spanish language.
1: Okay, moving on. I don't want to get people in. Our amazing fans in Spanish-speaking countries mad at us. Uh, Once the player does enough jobs, pleases him, and gets enough points, he'll ask them to come over to his place. The player did good work for him, and he's grateful. Now he's going to return the favor. He's going to reward the player personal this time. And then it moves on to Vice City. So the first chapter in the last era uh, area of Grand Theft Auto 1 is called Bent, Club, uh, Bent Cop Blues. A cop named Samuel Deaver calls the player because apparently they screwed up somewhere. The player works for him now. Following the same routine, once the player gets enough points, they can go, now go see a very angry Deaver. If the player crosses him again, they're screwed for life. If they even have a life after. So not a lot of explanation for Bent Cop Blues. So the final chapter of Grand Theft Auto is Rasta Blasta. <laughs> which sounds like, you know, Baja Blast, I don't know. It sounds like a Taco Bell Mountain Dew flavor. Like, I don't know. It's a combo know, meal. I don't know what like, you could make like for a Jamaican flavor.
0: Uh, jerk Ma- chicken tacos and Baja I was Blast.
1: seriously thinking like jerk chicken and like rice and beans or something delicious. That you know, like, does sound great though. Fried plantains. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, so Rasta Blasta. <laughs> <laughs> think it's Rasta Blasta. <laughs> no i think it's Rasta rastablastamon okay Rasta rastablastamon i'm gonna get sued um, uh, now the player works for brother marcus most jobs involve killing when the player gets enough points to go see him brother Mar- marcus is proud and apparently thinks the player's done well and that's it that's really it uh as you can sort of see you start off with one of these crime bosses and you gain enough power uh, you gain enough points by you know boosting cars and Uh, Killing cops that you can advance the level, advance the game once you get to a certain point threshold. Who doesn't love points? Right. And that is Grand Theft Auto 1, which did sell 3 million copies, which for a first title, first outing, uh, that's pretty solid. You know, especially in the late 90s, there's a lot of games coming out. So, yeah, that's Grand Theft Auto 1. In your experience... Was this
0: probably one of the first games where you're just randomly committing crimes and doing things like this? I can't think of a lot before that where I was like, I mean, there's things where you're shooting people, but you're definitely the antagonist. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely games where you play like, you know, like that, that Punisher game for the arcade, like. You're a good guy beating up bad guys, but this time it's kind of like you're this bad guy.
0: You're, you're purely a criminal, you you're know. Purely oh, yeah. a
1: criminal. I don't remember many games where you play necessarily as the bad guy. I don't know. I'd have to look up when the game Driver came out. Let me do that really quick while we're on here. I because I, I mean that that game kind of came out it, on the same. No, it came out 1999. So that game was probably inspired heavily by Grand Theft Auto. So yeah,
0: same thing with like Saints Row. That would have been inspired by. Wasn't there one old um, Atari game or maybe even a NES game where you're, like, a biker? You're talking,
1: like, a Road Rash? Yeah. I mean, Road Rash isn't necessarily, like, you're playing a bad guy. You're just doing, like,
0: outlaw Oh, games. yeah, you're right, you're right. You're. I thought there was one where you had a, You were on a motorcycle and you had a chain and you beat the crap out of other Yeah, people. yeah, that's, that's,
1: that's Road Rash. That is Road Rash, dude, okay. Dude, road Rash 3 is my jam.
0: But, I I mean, even in that, like, that would just be you implying that bikers are, like, gun-running criminals and not, you know, 37-year-old lawyers trying to relive their glory days.
1: Uh, Yeah, I suppose. So that's uh, Grand Theft Auto 1, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, uh, what's cool about it is that it does introduce uh, the areas of what we know as Grand Theft Auto, like Vice City and San Andreas and Liberty City. Um, but again, I tried to really dig more into the story of this, but th- that's it. This is it. And like I said before, as you can imagine, with London 69 and London 61, which were just add on mission packs, it's really the same stuff. You're just doing missions for some characters in London during the 1960s. So uh, it's it's a solid game. I mean, I think it stands. Um, it's fine for what it is. I don't think a lot of people go back to this game for nostalgia sake. Um, because it's the, the controls are kind of tough to, to manage sometimes. I think that's the biggest complaint is that it's just the, the, the mechanics have not aged well, so to speak. So that is GTA 1. Uh, are we ready to move on to GTA 2 or do you have any... Uh, I would partners? think so. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I played GTA
0: 2 and it was very limited. I just remember like running people over with cars and stuff, so... Yeah, breeze on through GTA 2, and then we'll get on to the big daddies.
1: All right, let's get through GTA 2. So, the developers this time around. Oh my goodness, it's DMA Design and Tarantula Studios again. However, at this point, Rockstar became its own thing. So this is the first game in the series that is published by Rockstar proper. It was released on PS1 and PC on October of 1999, so right before Millennium. And it was released on Game uh, Dreamcast. Sorry, not GameCube. It was released on Dreamcast in May of 2000, which I think was really interesting. This is the only Grand Theft Auto game on a Sega platform. Uh, it was released then uh, later in 2000 on Christmas for the Game Boy Color. So it's very similar to Grand Theft Auto One. Um, however, it does take place in a retro, fustru- uh, retro futuristic setting. Uh, according to like the game label, it takes place quote unquote three weeks into the future. However, there are a few police logs that you can look at where it states that uh, it's the year 2013. So largely while the first game takes place in the modern day back then of 1997, 1998, this is supposed to take place in some sort of futuristic setting. And just like Grand Theft Auto one, you do missions for crime syndicates. um, And there's what's interesting about this is that when you're doing these missions for these different crime gangs, it has different colors for what payphones that you can pick up. I think you were mentioning this earlier, is that it has a system where you pick up missions via payphone, like you get out of your car or whatever, and you go to the payphone to pick up a job. And like green is obviously easy, medium is yellow, and um, wait, where is it? Yeah, easy, green, medium, yellow, um, and I think, and red, which is very, very hard. So as you can imagine, it's like the, the, the color markers on salsa, you know, mild, medium, hot, very, very similar. Uh, so for completing a mission, uh, you earn money, respect and money multiplier. So a multiplier being that if you continue your life, you don't die, um, you can earn more money and stuff like that. It takes place, um, in a place called anywhere city USA. So this is like a non uh, canonical, canonical, Addition to the series, it just, it's called literally Anywhere U- "Anywhere City, USA. So that's where series, I grew up. Yeah, Anywhere City, USA. Uh, sounds like a John Mellencamp song. Um, <laughs> sucking on chili dogs. Um, we've, we've covered enough chili dogs in this, in this podcast already. But it takes place in three different zones in Anywhere City. It takes place in a commercial zone. Um, which, and I believe that's where you start. Uh, it allows a maximum wanted level of four, which results in the SWAT team chasing after you. Um, then you can unlock um, the residential area. Uh, the residential district has a wanted level of five in the PC version, with FBI agents pursuing you, the protagonist. Um, and in the PS One version, there's uh, six stars, so the army will actually chase after you. So it looks like the PC version might be a little bit easier this time. And finally, um, in both versions, you unlock finally the industrial area, where the maximum wanted level is six where people are going to be chasing you with tanks and stuff like that. So it's a uh, pretty crazy time. But just like how you sort of unlock different areas in Grand Theft Auto 1, being by City, San Andreas, and Liberty City, uh, I think it's kind of a, a, a kind of going backwards, because you're just in one city. It's, granted, it's pretty big, but it's just three zones in one city. I think, that's I think kind of this game choice. did more to develop
0: actually picking up missions. I think that's where this game made more of a leap. Because I don't remember, I don't think there were phone booths and stuff in the first game. It was just, you got enough points, now you get a tad bit of story, move on to the next zone.
1: Right. And the retro futuristic setting is kind of odd. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't just kind of continue. There's, as far as I know, there's no continuity between this and the first game. It's just really more of the same. A little bit better. The graphics are a little sharper. Um, And I think people generally remember this a little bit more fondly because it is a little bit, plays a little bit better. But um, again, going back to this game after the fact, it's, it's dated. It's dated pretty strongly. Um, and just looking at sales numbers, GTA 2 total sales was $2 million. So it actually sold a little bit less than um, GTA 1. But I have to take into consideration maybe some of that $3 million for the first game included some of the expansion packs and stuff. So I don't know. But this one, it, it seems like this one was slightly better received, but it didn't sell as well. So it's interesting to see how they make the leap in the following year to GTA 3. So before we jump into GTA 3, um, which is the next game in the series, uh, is there anything you want to say about GTA 3, other than its terrible timing release? GTA, you said 3, you mean 2? No, we just talked about 2.
0: Oh, there is no story for you to add to 2.
1: No, there really isn't. Okay. Um, you just play missions for different crime members, and that's... Okay. Again, it's very it's very simple. There's not a lot of you know, rolling dialogue. I think what's right. interesting about the second game is they made like a quote unquote movie where they have like live action scenes. Um, right. I don't know if it's before or after the game, but it's again, it's it's just an action game, really. It doesn't right. have like this branching narrative that we're so fond of. But uh, yeah, GTA three, yeah, we we can move on if you'd like. Absolutely. So yeah, GTA three is gonna make the biggest jump, probably
0: in the series that we're going to cover being that it converts it from a top down to a full 3d open world where there's an actual story. You've got cutscenes and everything like that. Um, I played a ton of this game growing up. I am surprised that I was allowed to play this when I was
1: that young. <laughs> was it something where your parents just kind of let you just have it or?
0: Um, so yeah, i got uh, my playstation 2 with a bunch of games ah. um, i think my mom bought it off ebay from like a combined christmas birthday present kind of thing mm-hmm. and yeah that's kind of why i asked you about if you ever had any troubles getting a copy of a grand theft auto game because i kind of slipped gta in and it wasn't until san andreas where my mom threw a stink about me- buying me the game so i got vice city just fine And then I wanted San Andreas, and I'm not sure if she heard it from another mom or something, but it finally, she realized what you can do in the games, and was just freaking out and thinking that it was destroying me and turning me into just this horrible psychopath. So I had to convince one of my friend's older siblings to take me to Walmart and buy it, like, basically have me give them the money and buy it for them, or for me, so...
1: Yeah, I think, I think it was something. I don't even remember how I got this game. I think it might have actually been my neighbor who bought it for me because he owned it and he was like the cool older neighbor. Shout out to Ty Fisher <laughs> if you're out there. Um, but because um, he, he let me play it at his house and um, he didn't yeah. slip anything into my drink or anything. Um, <laughs> That's good. I mean, I would have I been, I would have been, I think, 11. Because I think, um, do you, do, 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 did, did you get the... Uh, 2001 uh, for yeah, GTA remember, 3. Do you remember specifically what month this came out in? Uh, October, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, isn't that great timing with what happened the month prior? (laughs) Never forget. Never forget. Um, I sure will. But yeah, let's jump into GTA 3. GTA 3 sold 14.5
0: million copies um, as of March 2008. So a pretty substantial jump from the first two. Came out on PS2, PC, and Xbox. So the the major console there. So a GTA story will take place in uh, after the event of San Andreas. After our main character Claude loses his garage to CJ in a race, CJ being the main character from San Andreas. Does it
1: does it say that he's CJ in GTA three, or is this like a flashback mm. from? It, San Andreas? It, so
0: Claude makes an appearance in San Andreas.
1: I remember that.
0: And yes, yeah, so that there's a little race that happens there, and that's basically when Claude hands over his his assets to CJ. And then him and his girlfriend Catalina move to Liberty City from there. So GTA uh, actually take or this game actually takes place after the events of San Andreas. Gotcha. During a burglary, Claude is betrayed by his accomplices Catalina and Miguel. As Claude is being transported to prison, the vehicle is ambushed, and the attackers rescue their target. Claude and his new friend Eightball make their escape. Eightball uh, is a wonderful name for a character in this game, by the way. I like 8-Ball, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he was pretty, he was pretty cool. So, 8-Ball introduces Claude to the leader of the Leon family, Salvatore Leon, for who he begins working. While working with the Leons, he discovers Catalina and Miguel are now running the Liberty City cartel and will eventually meet Salvatore's wife, Maria, who he later helps out of a bad situation. This event would lead to, the sal- to Salvatore incorrectly assuming that Claude and Maria are having an affair causing Salvatore to unsuccessfully attempt a hit on Quad. Do you remember that mission at all?
1: Oh, I don't... Th- Honestly, dude, it's been it's been 20...
0: Uh, it's been 21 years. <laughs> so, I I, I... I remember that mission pretty distinctly, because I don't know what it is, but there is something inside of me, even when I, like, personally see something coming where you're being betrayed, yeah. but it enrages me to my core. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember
1: distinctly like
0: any time in a video where someone like someone someone rats you out or stabs you in the back Like I will go out of my way to get them I, I don't know what it is You play Mass Effect and have like the person you're romancing die it does not make me as mad as someone betraying
1: me Sure, I remember uh, this is a side note. I remember getting this game I don't know if I got it at launch unlike the other ones in the future but I remember getting this game, and I would take the booklet to school with me. <laughs> because, like this is back when booklets were a thing, right? Yeah. Because it had a list of all the gangs and stuff like that, like this, like this. Uh, what is it? The the triad, triads,
0: the Leons, the Yakuza, the
1: cartel. Yep. And I used to like draw all of like the logos in my notebook.
0: <laughs> You're so hardcore, man. Yeah,
1: I was so hardcore listening to my corn and mud
0: videos. <laughs> My favorite thing about those booklets was the huge map they always came with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Anyways, leaving the family behind, Claude begins working with the Yakuza after proving his loyalty by assassinating Salvatore. Through a corrupt officer, Claude meets Donald Love, who convinces Claude to aid him in starting a gang war between the Yakuza and the cartel to lower real estate prices in Liberty City. While working for Love, Claude encounters Catalina and Miguel once again. During, an exchange, during the exchange, Catalina shoots Miguel and escapes. Catalina lures Claude into a trap by kidnapping Maria. After fighting through the ambush and tracking down the actual location Maria is being held, Claude fights through one last batch of cartel guards and shoots down Catalina's helicopter as she tries to escape. As the pair leave the scene, the screen fades to black with Maria's talking ended by a gunshot. Yeah, that that basically is, is the whole story of Grand Theft Auto Three. Again, pretty straightforward gangster type stuff. My only thing is, I think it would have been more interesting if there would have actually been a little bit of actual chemistry between Maria and Claude, because it's only, it's never outright stated that there was an affair or that she actually like they actually did anything to warrant him getting in trouble. And then kind of at the end, it shoehorns in this sort of their them being together, I think there would have been a little bit better for there to be some build-up in that relationship, and then an actual reason for Salvatore to to actually attempt to to kill him.
1: And in this game, again, it's been 21 years since I've played this, but you have all these other games like the Yakuza and the Cartel. Do you do missions for them, or you just do missions against them? I don't remember.
0: You start out working for the Leons, and you do missions against other smaller gangs yeah that's what i thought the Leons are kind of like have lost a lot of their power at this point in liberty city
1: and they're basically like the mob the italian mob
0: yeah absolutely yeah they're very stereotypical italian mob anything you'd see in an old gangster movie and you're doing missions against i think they're the triads and a couple other ones that are at that level maybe slightly above to kind of make them lose power okay uh, once once they try to assassinate Claude, he moves on and kind of goes up the ladder to the Yakuza, which is one of the larger gangs. And then from there, after doing some missions with them, that's when he meets up with this, this other character who's kind of a corrupt corporate entity, maybe even making some statement about like some political statement about capitalism. And, and basically he's just pulling the strings of the gangs to try to increase the, or decrease the real estate values of the area. And then you work with him for a little bit. So Claude really kind of bounces around and doesn't ever find a home with any of these gangs. Yeah,
1: that's what I remember is that you you play as Claude, who's this silent protagonist. He's, I think, the last silent protagonist because the other characters moving forward are very, very uh, strong personalities. Um, and you're not really a member of any one of these gangs per se. You just essentially work for them when you need to. And you just kind of play around and you're kind of a gun for hire in a lot of ways, I think is the best way. To, to explain it. And I remember, and to be clear, people that are listening that have not played these games, especially like the PS2 era on, it's, there's a lot more to these games other than uh, just the story. There's obviously like ambulance missions, you can do taxi missions, you can do rampages. that you can use. There's a lot of free activity, you know, free other activities. You just drive
0: something. a tank around all day and, and run from the cops. That's what I did for I, 90% I of th- my I, life.
1: I, I was trying to think if I could still remember the codes. It's like R1, R1, R2, L2, up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right.
0: I can't tell you how relieved I am that you also don't remember the codes
1: for this. But it's just like muscle memory. Like, I'm sure if like I, I did it one time, I'd get it again.
0: Absolutely, yeah. But I was just like, oh, how embarrassed am I going to be when I tell Reed I don't remember how to give like the codes for all, all the guns.
1: I, I, you, this is something where you'd get like a piece of computer paper from downstairs and you'd write. Oh, them.
0: absolutely! Yeah, and you'd write them down once you go yeah. on. Yeah, I had them all printed off, and oh, yeah. So like, because that was I honestly I didn't play a ton of the story in here. Most of my time was just spent like, oh, give myself all the guns, give myself maximum wanted level. How much want and destruction can I unleash on this city? I I know I eventually did beat it, but it was probably after I played Vice City. I didn't get to the second island by doing the missions. I had to do that little glitch where you could jump the island. Yeah. But it was still a lot of fun and a really good game to kind of just a good catharsis.
1: Yeah, it is a good catharsis. And that's, I think, where a lot of the controversy came from. Is there was that. I remember back in the day, there was that lawyer, it was Jack Thompson, who was always kind of coming after this game, saying it's really corrupting the youth. It was like Mortal Kombat all over again. Saying how this is a murder simulator, I think was some of the terms that they threw around, and how you know this was sort of the readdressing of the efficacy of the ESRB and giving kids harmful things. But in the reality, I think the GTA games uh, re- reasserted the idea that you need to be seventeen, eighteen to buy these games or rent these games. Because well, this is when you this is when you start seeing uh, family video stickers. Must be eighteen to rent. Uh, um, yeah, actually.
0: Uh from the research i did this game was cited for being the reason that walmart required you to be 18 to buy a mature rated game okay so there
1: you go perfect yeah
0: it brought a lot of mature themes to gaming which i don't think necessarily were there in the public at least you know there were a lot of maybe smuttier games kind of underneath but they were this was a massive game that a lot of people played that brought these adult themes out
1: right yeah, and I, I think with this game, too, it's it, there is a lot of violence, absolutely. But I think it's kind of comical now. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. this isn't... I mean, back then, this was, like, the most realistic game ever looking. You know, most realistic <laughs> game ever. But you know, yeah, how, it really was. It, it really was. I remember seeing the ads. I'm like, oh, man, that looks so crazy. Um, but I, I don't know. Going back and playing this game, it's just so goofy. It's such a goofy game. Like, the radio, like, having all stock music. And like the radio hosts on on, on like the talk channels. Just being the talk,
0: I was gonna say the talk channels are always my favorite because they're just funny to listen to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if this is the first one with radio channels. Maybe it was in the second one. I don't remember. But I, I mean, think I think this. One. I don't remember. I think three might have been the first one because again, you have the the capacity on the discs to do this now. Um, right. And I, I think that becomes such a, a uh, essential part of the Grand Theft experience. is just listening to. You know, some rap or some, you know, metal or something and just kind of zooming around It's so fun.
0: And that's one the, the thing that's really nice is they had music for everyone, right? Yeah. Like there was a, a bunch of different stations with a bunch of different styles of music. It's not just this is the soundtrack of the game, but in a way I, that I think kind of mirrors what they were looking for is in this open world experiences. You play it your way. Right. You listen to the music you want to listen to, you do the missions at your pace, everything to the extent that they can do at this point in time is in your control.
1: And as we might have mentioned before, this is like before open world games were the norm. So when this game came out with the graphics that it had and the environment and just freedom of things, it was just, you know, ground groundbreaking, it really was. Absolutely. And it really set the mold for the future games. It really set If you want to consider GTA 3 anything, it's the blueprint of the success to come. So that being said, I think we can move on to Vice City if you want to. Let's move to some warmer climes.
0: Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out October 29th, 2002 on all the major platforms, PlayStation 2, Xbox, and PC. Vice City mirrors a 1980s Miami full of neon lights, bad Hawaiian shirts, and of course, drugs. The story follows Tommy Versetti, recently released from a 15-year prison sentence and known as the harwood butcher tommy versetti is sent to vice city to establish a foothold for his boss sonny ferrelli of the ferrelli crime family during his initial deal with ken rosenberg and the vance brothers vince and lance things go south as they are attacked with the money and product lost in addition to the deceased vince vance tommy begins his foray into vice city's underbelly in the process of dealing with many of the city's less than respectable denizens Tommy reencounters Lance, who joins his efforts to seek vengeance for his brother. The pair eventually meet with Ricardo Diaz, who they begin to work for and soon find out is responsible for the death of Vincent. Unable to be convinced to keep a cool head and take a methodical approach, Lance heads off to deal with Diaz alone, causing Tommy to have to step in and save Lance when he is subsequently captured by Diaz's men. Working together, the pair attack Diaz at his mansion, killing him. Tommy then takes Diaz's assets, declaring himself kingpin of Vice City. Tommy's newfound status goes to his head as he begins to ostracize his allies and refuse to pay the Frehley family their cut of the money. Stunny sends men to take out Tommy, but they are unsuccessful, so the two agree upon a peaceful meeting where Tommy will pay Stunny what he is owed. Unknown to Lance, Tommy has flipped sides and informs Sonny that the money is actually counterfeit. During the final showdown in the mansion, Tommy discovers Lance's betrayal and kills him, and that Sonny was in fact responsible for Tommy going to prison 15 years ago. Enraged, Tommy takes on all of Sonny's men before finally taking out Sonny himself, becoming the owner of Vice City.
1: Yeah, I remember that the, the end of the game, you... You essentially fight in the Scarface Mansion.
0: Yes, th- this game is basically Scarface the game. Before Scarface the game came out, which if you've never played, was actually like my whole senior year of high school.
1: I never played that one. I played a lot of the uh, the Godfather of the game. You played that one? I, 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 re- I do
0: remember the Godfather of the game. I really like the Scarface one, though. I'll i to check that out if I can find a
1: copy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, GTA Vice City is, I think, a lot of people's favorite GTA. Um, it I has- can skip. Yeah, I mean, the the entire saturation of, like, the, the HUD and everything, like, the the, just the screen, there's always some sort of, like, lens flare, and it's got this nice soft pink and yellow and blue uh, tint and hue to it, and I think it's a, a really beautiful game for what it was back then. Obviously, it hasn't necessarily, the original version hasn't really held up graphic-wise, right. but, I mean, I think what's so cool about it was just the, the whole environment, how it was even more so than Grand Theft Auto 3 has that really direct connection to something like Scarface, um, Miami Miami Vice, uh, Magnum P.I., all those really great 80s action crime shows. Um, just top to bottom, an awesome game. I I, I remember like the difficulty of... Were, were planes and stuff still so difficult to fly in this, or were they yes. loaded better? I think yes, they, were they were
0: even pretty. hard to fly in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. No,
1: San Andreas, once you got your San flying Andreas.
0: skill up, yeah, you could... Okay, you could no, oh, yeah, that, that's right, no... Planes were still impossible to fly in this
1: game, yes. Right, and I remember the we didn't talk about it, but GTA 3 had the Dodo, which had the clipped wings. Uh, and I'm like, oh yeah. man. Like, you it could was... fly it, and I think they did that on purpose. I think the developers did that on purpose just to kind of screw with people, but. Oh, I'm sure. Obviously, with. uh, just, Was there a specific year this took place? It was it like 84? Was it 1984?
0: Uh, 86 was 86. the exact okay. year, yeah. One thing I did notice in, in kind of researching these. Maybe with the exception of GTA 4, but it seems like there's a pattern of one game kind of maybe pushes new grounds, the next game refines it, then that next game pushes new grounds, right? So like, your Grand Theft Auto 1 was the introduction, introducing everyone to the violence and chaos and mayhem. GTA kind of 2 kind of tightens things up. GTA 3 brings us to a 3D open world game. Vice City tightens things up again. And then Grand Theft Auto uh, San Andreas adds that RPG element uh, that we'll get into later. I'm not sure if you agree with that.
1: No, I think that's a really good assessment. Um, I think that this one does capitalize on a lot of what made GTA 3 good, but made it better. Um, Absolutely. I think like the combat is a bit better. The fact that you can get more weapons in this. I think you could have... Motorcycles, I think it Motorcycles. Added. Did it have yeah. helicopters? I think it did. Yeah, I it did.
0: Th- yeah, and I think GTA... Three had help. You couldn't fly them except I think there were a couple RC. Hel- oh no, I think that was Vice City where it had the RC helicopters too. Yeah, let me yeah. just Google it.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I, I, it did add more vehicles. It added more weapons. I think the plot is a lot better, especially since Tommy Vercetti is a is a voiced character and it was voiced by was it Michael Madsen? Ray Lioda. Ray
0: yes. Ray it, there was a lot of this whole series is. Full of voice actors. Uh, I, I don't remember the names of anyone in particular, but I know um, GTA 3 had a bunch of guys from the Sopranos and stuff like that. But yeah, Ray Liotta was Tommy Versetti. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's no, a- and, and that helps a lot, you know, when there's a voice you can kind of recognize and, and just adds to the whole effect of the game.
1: Right, and we're going to see with San Andreas, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, how there is a connection between all of these games. Because like we'd, we'd mentioned, uh, Jeremy had mentioned before with GTA 3, is that Claude is chased by CJ and like from San Andreas and all this other stuff. But one of the characters in this game actually has an appearance in um, San Andreas. So we see that there is a continuity. Um, it, it's essentially like saying Vice City, Liberty City, and San Andreas are all living entities through time and space. And Absolutely. all of these things are happening within this imagined world of America, I guess you could say.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, even that, that even happens between the Sand 3, there's a a businessman like cowboy businessman i don't remember his name exactly that you meet who it turns out to be the the guy that taught Robert Love the the billionaire business owner that wanted to create a a gang war he kind of was his mentor and that guy is trying to do the same thing in Vice City you know so you can see these these things just solely web into each other and make a really interesting
1: story yeah I, I don't think the I don't think the narrative is as strong as it is in say San Andreas or the later games, but it does. No. This is really the first one where it really starts to come into its own. It, it goes from baby step to baby leap. I mean, this is a pretty strong step in the right direction, and it's amazing that they were able to construct such a game uh, in just what a year and a half, two years.
0: Yep. So. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, and it, it was, it's it's kind of nice. The thing I like about this one is you do get to see your main character actually kind of win and take over. I, I do like that. Not all of the games end the same way. You get to see the whole spectrum of the criminal syndicate, right? Some people just are looking to get away. This
1: guy takes over. Yeah, and I think with I think in this game you can buy property. I think you can buy yes. like two or three I do things. remember that? It's not nowhere near as huge as like the later games, but you can. It starts to add, like you were just saying before. It starts to add these elements that are capitalized in later games. So- Absolutely. Uh, final reflections on Vice city
0: um it was great I just remember driving around on my motorcycle listening to the run run to the AO song
1: yes or uh well I
0: ran ran to the Yayo. I, I remember I,
1: the the commercial specifically on TV was uh flock of seagulls I ran so oh, far yeah. away
0: yep I, I remember that I would say I don't remember the drugs being as big of a part in Gta 3 I don't I don't I, I, I guess I, there was one drug called Spanked, but this or Spank or something like that in yeah. GTA Three. But like this game really made you aware that you were in the eighties.
1: Yes, this is this is like the the distillation of every eighties movie trope that existed. It's the it's the glitz and glam. It's the city underbelly, and it's just like this quintessential eighties um, experience. And I think that's really right. the goal of a lot of the GTA games. After I this was part. just going to say that is that yep. it, it, you You condense everything about that time period or atmosphere into just this one experience. And my final reflection on this is a lot of people, like I said, say it's their favorite game in this classic series between three by city and San Andreas. But this game has one glaring issue that I cannot get over even to this day, and that is that you cannot swim. You jump into the water, like within Grand Theft Auto 3, and you just die, you lose all your health and you die. And it doesn't matter how much. Health or armor that you have, you just die, and I think that's a wasted opportunity because you're in this Miami area. You're, you're surrounded by water. And Absolutely. Why can't you swim? I, don't I know, understand man. why. Why? Just the ability to
0: swim, but if you could go underwater, then you don't have to. You don't have to create a full underwater landscape.
1: It saves yeah, that but space. That's, and... that's easy to do because but... you're just you're just gonna have to render like the water effect on the surface. Yeah, but do that in a year, dog. Yeah, that's true, but still. I mean, swimming. I do, I do, I do
0: completely understand your point. I mean, you're in Florida; there could be a whole scuba diving and and all this other stuff. But it, it definitely—I wouldn't say it was rushed, but like they definitely just made they, this game in a year. You know, they did,
1: they, they did a really good job with the time they had. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's amazing to you can be oh. able to like play this game. I
0: almost um, forgot this oh. game. Vice City sold seventeen and a half million copies as of March two thousand eight.
1: Okay, so seventeen so million.
0: It beat Grand Theft Auto three by three million.
1: Yeah, so pretty solid numbers for sure. Um, and I really think that this is the time where people are getting the hype. I mean, I think with GTA three, people were really getting on the bandwagon. But I think really with Vice City, people were. This is like two thousand two, like you said. This is really when like Scarface was becoming popular again. You remember that? Um, you
0: mean the movie that I watched like at least once a week through for two years? Oh, God. A hey,
1: pelican, a hey, pelican, fly pelican. Yeah, no, <laughs> God, I love that movie. I watched it like a year ago. It's still so good. It is. It, it, it's a great movie. Yeah. Al Pacino, uh, anyway. man. So are we good with Vice City? We can move on to San Andreas? Absolutely. Hit All They're right. Up. So we're moving on to, uh, as you can probably imagine, my favorite of these series, and that would be Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Um, so at this time, um, as of, I think, was was Vice City released by Rockstar North and Rockstar Games at this point? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I believe that after GTA 3, it was Rockstar and Rockstar. I want to say maybe... Um, uh, I can look
0: it up real quick, sorry. Sure, I think No, it's okay. I think GTA like, 3... The producers is always something I forget to look up.
1: I think GTA 3 was still developed by DMCA, which did eventually, like I said before, become... Rockstar like, North. And yeah, DMA, Rockstar North, which I think is still like the... Um, it's like Rockstar North, Rockstar... I don't think Rockstar Lincoln exists anymore. I think it's like Rockstar North and Rockstar... I don't remember, I have to look it up, but it doesn't really matter. But again, Rockstar is a huge company now, as you can imagine. Um, But Anyway, San Andreas, Guns of San Andreas, uh, Rockstar North was the developer, and of course published by their own company, Rockstar Games, released in October 2004. And in terms of platforms, uh, I remember it originally released on PC and PS2. This is the system that I bought it for. Uh, A year later, it was released on Xbox, which I thought was blasphemy, because this is a PS2 series. But eventually, this game basically gets released on every platform, Um, like handheld. You can get this on iOS and Android now. Um, It re-released on PS3 and PS4. Like, there's a lot of reissues of San Andreas. But again, originally, like the other few, uh, mainly came out on PC, Xbox, and uh, PlayStation. So, sorry, GameCube owners, you're going to have to play something else. So...
0: Go play Mario Sunshine.
1: Go play Mario Sunshine or like I don't know uh, Geist that's a deep cut. So, jumping off the sales side of things, how many did you say was Vice City sales? 17.5 million. Oh yeah, well this game sold 27 million. Yeah. Um so oh, this game Oh. Sold, yeah, really I mean that could be with a lot of the re-releases too. I'm guessing it would probably be closer to like 18-19 when it came out. But still well, I mean really good. The numbers I had
0: were of 2018 or 2008, anyways. So, the life far beyond the lifespan of Vice City.
1: Right. So I'm sure that at this point there was probably some re-releases and definitive editions that came out. Um, I remember this game got into some controversy for like the hot coffee mod. You remember that?
0: The hot coffee mod. Yeah, that was
1: like a mod that they found. It sounds. The, they found it a, sounds a, familiar. They found a mod within the source code of I think the PS2 game or the PC game. I forget. That you could actually like simulate sex with someone, like do you yes. want to come in for coffee, and it was like really bad sexual. Yes, uh, I do uh, remember that animation. now. Animation, yeah, yeah. So anyway, let's get into the game. Uh, Guns of San Andreas is really a tribute and love letter to sort of like the gangster crime movies of the early '90s and uh, 1980s. Movies like Boys in the Hood, Casino, Con Air, uh, Easy Rider is inspired. Uh, was an inspiration for this game, Pulp Fiction, as you can imagine. Uh, there's a definite tribute to Terminator 2 and Training Day. so a Terminator 2? Yeah, there's a chase scene that's very, very similar to these. <gasps> that's right. Yeah, the semi-chase.
0: I um, think there's a very similar one in uh, 5. I replayed 5, yep. and there's a part where you're running down the, that tunnel with the, uh, the semi, and I'm just like, man, this makes me think of Terminator 2. Who'd have thought? Um, anyway, so
1: mean? what I let's jump into the plot a little bit. I kind of glanced over a lot of the details of this, but I think we'll get the gist of it. So, you play as Carl C.J. Johnson as the main character. So, C.J. is a former gangbanger, uh, and he returns home. Um, I, I think he was in prison, or he, or he came from somewhere. He came from another city. I forget. But he returns home after his mother's murdered, um, and he's trying to kind of pick up the pieces of what's going on in his neighborhood. He lives in Los Santos, which is a relatively poor part of town. I don't know if it's necessarily directly inspired by Compton in the south side of uh, L.A., or the east side of L.A. I'm one of the. I'm sure, it's an amalgam of. It's an amalgam of all these, these these. I don't want to say yeah. poor parts of L.A., but rundown places in L.A. He gets extorted by this cop squad, essentially, which is led by Officer Tenpenny, which is played by the amazing Samuel L. Jackson. Um, and he gets extorted by this police officer, Tenpenny, to help kind of weed out some issues that he's having, because he's a corrupt cop. Otherwise, they're going to frame him for murder. Um, so he does jobs for Tenpenny for a while, and he realizes that his former gang that he rolled with has lost a lot of its territory, so he kind of reluctantly joins up with them to help um, build up their street reputation again. And all along the way, uh, he meets up with some of his former friends and stuff like that to kind of help him out with different things. I know there's one where he's trying to help his buddy who works out like a burger stand with his like rap career or something. Um, so there's a lot of kind of funny tidbits with him and his gang, because all the while, I think what's interesting about CJ compared to the other characters is he's almost like you can kind of empathize with him in a way, because he's, he's kind of reluctant to do a lot of this stuff. Uh, anyway, so after a while, uh, after doing kind of missions in the game, you eventually get sent out of town to work for these corrupt cops, um, and you end up getting sent to Las Venturas, which is another area of San Andreas, um, which is essentially modeled after Las Vegas, Las Venturas. So you get sent to work with the triads, specifically this character Woozie, who's like this blind uh, triad member, to set up a casino and run out the other mob run casinos in Las Venturas. So you spend a lot of time in the, the the Las Vegas area, so to speak, kind of helping build uh, this triad casino and stuff like that. It's really fun. I remember that pretty pretty um, fondly. And you, uh, you play in a lot of the other rural areas of San Andreas. Um, I should mention, too, that this game is a much, much bigger than the other two games. We'll talk about that in a second. So CJ realizes his brother Sweet um, needs to get out of prison. So to do this, CJ works with an undercover agent to help accomplish this. Um, So CJ works with this somewhat corrupt undercover agent to help get him out of prison. Um, So he does help Luzi set up the casino, like I said, in Las Venturas. Um, And then he does, after completing this mission with Luzi and getting the casino set up in Las Venturas, he heads back to Los Santos, where um, Tenpenny, the corrupt cop, Mm -hmm. uh, orders CJ to kill his police partners, um, who basically flipped on him. So CJ reluctantly kind of follows through with this, um, and all the while, um, in the midst of the sort of tail end of the the, the main plot line, uh, you work with your friends in Los Santos to help reclaim a lot of gang territory. So you kind of go through different areas, clearing out different gang members and stuff like that. You can actually claim territory for your gang, and you get like reputation and stuff, which is really cool. Uh, anyway, so at the end of the game, what happens is Tenpenny goes on trial for corruption, but is acquitted. And this leads to riots in San Andreas, uh, mainly Lo- Los Santos. So, like, the whole end of the game is this really crazy, chaotic situation. And what eventually happens is you realize one of your best friends, uh, Smoke, who's uh, Melvin Big Smoke Harris, uh, flipped on you and joined Tenpenny because he sees an opening so that he can get rich. So, CJ actually ends up killing Smoke, and they have this huge gun battle. Tenpenny comes after Smoke is killed to kind of come and get his chase, uh, his cut of the money, So CJ and his brother Sweet kind of chase after Tenpenny, and after this huge chase, um, Tenpenny crashes and dies. uh, And then eventually you uh, return back to the hood and you celebrate with your remaining friends. And that is the general gist of the Grand Theft Auto storyline. A lot more fleshed out than some of the other games. Um, as, As you can see, there's this huge training day presence with Tenpenny being a really corrupt cop. There's a lot of different areas in San Andreas, like I mentioned when I was talking about the story. Uh, the state of San Andreas has several different areas, including Los Santos, which is mainly mirrored after Los Angeles, uh, San Fierro, which is modeled after San Francisco. It has like the, uh, I don't know, the elevation where you kind of go up and then you go up and then you go up. Um, it has Las Venturas, like I mentioned before, which is Las Vegas. It also has Red County, Flint County, Whetstone, Tierra Robata and Bone County. So there's a this map is huge, and I think that's the thing that made it my favorite. Is like you you have this ability to just kind of go anywhere. If you want to be in the city and hang out, you can do that. Uh, if you want to go and hang out in the woods and find Bigfoot or hunt for Bigfoot, because I remember this is like I think the first game where they have like the Bigfoot legend where you see like the handprints on the trees and stuff like that. Um, and out in the out in the uh, sticks, out in the rural areas, you find like this guy who eventually gets you a jetpack. And I think there's just so much fun things to do. You can do like the flight school. And um, learn how to fly better, and you get a you get a parachute so you can jump out of any plane. Um, there's like this there's this mission where you, you invade like which is essentially like Area 51 and you steal it. like a, is that a Harrier or something? You get like a you eventually get a Harrier and like a UFO. It's all this crazy stuff going on. Um, but I think what makes this game my favorite is just the ability to it has RPG elements. So with CJ you can customize his appearance, his his weight, um, his different abilities. Um, you can change his hair. You can go to fast food restaurants and order different foods. You can work out. You can go on BMX bikes. Uh, there's just so much to do with this. And I think that's what makes this game so endearing. Is it came out just a few years after Vice City, but like the level of improvements here are just top-notch. I, I Again, I, I have nothing but good things to say about San Andreas. It's a really important game to me, like in my like personal upbringing in a weird way. So I think for me, this is absolutely my favorite of the original classics. And there's not enough good things I can say about it. I just think it's such a, a beautiful... Um, tribute to the early 90s. This game, if I didn't mention before, takes place in 1992, um, which was, as you can imagine, a pretty big year for LA. I think this is the year of or before the LA riots. So this is, like Vice City, is a great condensation of everything endearing and I guess culturally cliche about Los Angeles, the West Coast, and stuff like that. So my voice is running out. So Jeremy, I'm going to let you kind of reflect on this.
0: Yeah, my opinion reflects yours very, very closely. I would say this game is really groundbreaking in two major ways for the Grand Theft Auto series. As you mentioned, it adds the RPG element when you're talking about improving your skills. You you actually have little skill meters. Uh, I don't remember exactly what there was for, but I think there was, shooting there was like stamina, driving. shooting, driving. Yeah. So yeah, if you've never played one of these games before, you, you as you you do these
1: things, you get better at, at them. Like going to shooting ranges and improving your shooting skills. And like, I, th- yeah, I don't know if you can get like full on attachments for your guns, but there's a lot more customization options for clothing and guns and cars and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um,
0: so it was, it, was a, it was a nice addition to kind of start bad at things. And then as you do them more, you get better at them. And the same thing going, you, you could go eat food and get chonky or you could go to the gym and you had a little mini game where you'd lift weights, mm-hmm. and then that increased your melee damage. Very similar to Grand Theft Auto Three, you're playing your own way. You know, you 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 build the character you want to play. Um, and then the other thing it added was the the turf war. There was a, not a mini game, but you would go to a different area that was another gang's, start attacking their gang members, and it would start a little turf war. When you gain control of it, it was yours. And one thing that I really, actually, really personally enjoyed, maybe that was just me, maybe more people thought of it as kind of a hassle when you kind of take control of a zone, was it would come under attack. So there was this sort of maintenance piece to it where you'd be going to to buy guns, and then all of a sudden, your 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 turf on the other side of town was under attack, which felt like the world was living. I'm not sure if it, your opinion on stuff like that, read. Yeah, but... no, I,
1: I, I totally agree. I think the the gang element, the turf war, so to speak, was such a great way to kind of keep things fresh and alive.
0: And... You're always on your toes. Because I, I remember games like Prototype or Infamous, where they're, obviously there were much later games than this. But they added that zone control aspect of the game. But once you controlled a zone, it was just yours. There was never any reason to... There was never any upkeep involved, but I really enjoyed a constant threat of, oh, shoot, my territory is under attack. And sometimes, I'm not sure if this happened to you, but like two or three of them would be at attack at the same time, and you'd have to decide which ones you want to go try to defend. I thought they added a really nice element to the game and made it realistic in a way. It felt like you were in a living world.
1: Yeah, and I think the, the big thing that I can sort of sum up about San Andreas versus the other ones is that it has a definite sense of progression, because with... The last two we talked about, three in San, uh, uh, Vice City, the games are awesome in the sense that you move from mission to mission, but this, like, you're not only moving from mission to mission, but you're also building your character. Absolutely. Um, and that I think brings another level of attachment to it. And they really capitalized on this with, uh, I guess, five. I would say that San Andreas, again, this is just my opinion, but I think San Andreas is the best behind GTA five. Absolutely, um, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I know some people love Vice City and its effects. And Vice City like is answer. a great game, and it is. It, it,
0: I think, one thing that I really enjoyed too was a view into a different sort of a different lifestyle of crime. It added your your protagonist as someone who wants something better, but still has these attachments to to the to his his
1: people. You know what I mean? Right, and with GTA Three and Vice City, you're already an established criminal, and with CJ and San Andreas, you really start at the bottom. And, yep. and, and
0: he's, he he's he's reluctant, right? He doesn't yep. want to necessarily do these things, but he has these previous relationships that he still feels obligated to, to come in and do these things that maybe he doesn't want to do anymore, but feels that he needs to. Sort of a, a position that's forced upon him socially, you know, which I yeah. think is more insightful to probably real world situations than maybe the creators realized.
1: I mean, yeah, he does go on to murder thousands of people, but Well, I mean, you gotta if, do what you gotta do, man. I mean, like, he is a, he is a very likable character. I would say like you can you can dislike Tommy Versetti and Claude from GTA Three, but I think something about CJ is he's still very likable. Even I think he's, he's more real as a character. Yeah, I agree. I I really like CJ. And I think that's something you'll see reflected
0: in in GTA 5, especially where they they're starting to make their characters more relatable on a on a more personal level, as opposed to just you know being a stereotypical gangster movie. They're they're people that have real life concerns, real life frustrations that you can identify more with.
1: Right, and I would say that's that's more identifiable with Franklin versus <laughs> not Trevor so much because he's just insane. Wait, um, you don't identify with Trevor the most? I love Trevor, Michael. I don't know how I feel about Michael. Again, this is turning into a GTA 5 podcast. <laughs> but, uh, I do like. I, we, I, do like we, I like Michael's like family issues are hilarious,
0: that, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is I think GTA San Andreas is kind of the stepping stone to where they're starting to get more into their stride, writing more complex characters that have more connection to your common man in a less common situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But again, I don't think we can we can praise San Andreas enough. But is there any final um, conclusions that you have about this game? How bad were you at the basketball mini game? Please tell me very. I was really bad.
0: Okay, good. Thank goodness, because I was. T- I don't know if I made a basket.
1: Yeah, some of these mini games that you can play in these games are a lot easier than others. Um, I like you said. I loved the, uh, the the bench pressing game. That was a lot of fun. The bench, pr- yeah, the bench pressing game was fun. My favorite thing was like, go on the BMX bikes and just bike as fast as I can to get hit by a car. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was another groundbreaking thing. It added It added it. bicycles. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Could you, I, Now, I don't remember. And, yes, you could you swim. Could you do tricks and stuff with them? Yeah, you
1: could swim. Could you do tricks with the BMX bikes? I don't think you could, no.
0: Okay. I didn't, yeah, I, 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 can, I, I don't remember being able to, so...
1: But, yes, in this game, you can luckily swim. And there's a few sections where you have to dive into certain areas, but swimming is pretty rudimentary at this point. Right. But, again, that that i think this game is the 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 not the prototype but like the the mold for what other future gta games would be based on i think it really perfected the things that we saw with three and vice city and is really like the perfect gta experience on the uh, playstation xbox era consoles
0: absolutely i think if this if this would have been the last game they made i think it would have been a a real good one to end on, realistically. I mean, right. not that I think they should have, but if this would have been, I think they would have perfected their craft at that point in time. Not,
1: not where... when there's money to be made.
0: No, you got to make that money, though. Yep. Let's just take a quick segue into sort of games inspired by GTA. Oh,
1: God. Um, well, um, I think the first one that comes to my mind is this, the Saints Row series.
0: And that's exactly where I was going to go. Um, so, your opinion... Saints Row versus GTA, which do you prefer?
1: Um well, I think the first two Saints Row games are amazing. 3 is pretty good. I think what's I think why Saints Row is so popular is because I think a lot of people including myself felt that GTA 4 was too much of a step backwards in terms of like the humor and fun because like we mentioned before with GTA 3, these are really violent, gory, adult rated games, but What's interesting about GTA 4 is they really kind of stri- strip things back and make it seem more like a Sopranos episode than like a, a Sopranos
0: whole... and like a Sims game almost. I remember there being just a lot of like, like writing. Don't you write letters to your cousin? You, I think you text or email them, Yeah. Yeah. Um, my personal opinion is Saints Row 2 is my preferred game after San Andreas.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think a lot of people say that and I would agree with that because I think Saints Row 2. Was just ridiculous enough. It kind of keeps in with the same theme and atmosphere. It, that... It's
0: goofy enough, um, but personally, once we hit Saints Row three, that's where it starts to get borderline too goofy. Yeah, uh, and I think this might just be my personal taste in comedy. But like for me, comedy is a seasoning and not the core of, of any sort of media. Yeah, I would agree. But, you know, like I don't I don't go watch a movie specifically because it's comedy, and then after that, Saints Row devolves into just absolute absurdity, which I'm I'm sure it's good for some people. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. But Saints Row Two did something I think was really yeah I think interesting I think... With, with the multiplayer. Yeah, you, know, you could play you could play with a friend in co-op, and that's not something that Grand Theft Auto caught up on until Five, with GTA Online.
1: Right. I, yeah. I think Saints Row One and Two are really the spiritual successor in a way to the San Andreas Vice City style of tongue in cheek, but not too overbearing. But like you said, yeah, three was still fine. But yeah, with four, it really jumps the shark. Absolutely. So I guess we'll see what happens with the new Saints Row games. I, I we do like that series I didn't they make boot- more. Uh, they are they're, they're rebooting it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I like. I I'm kind of excited for that. I I hope they take. I hope they tone it back a bit.
1: I think they will. Anyway, yeah. So let's conclude tonight's episode um, with a question. We'd like to ask a fun question to kind of end the night last time was the question of what are the Nintendo franchises as fast food restaurants and this question is a little bit easier and it is if you could live in the game world of any one of these games which game world would you want to live in so i'll let you go first so personally i think i'm going to go
0: with liberty city really why is that vice city's out i do not like florida i've been there once i i had enough i don't like the heat And I would say San Andreas probably follows along the same line is the temperature. I'm a very Midwestern man. I like my cold. And so Liberty City is more kind of crafted after the Chicago, New York sort of amalgamation of those cities. And that's something I I would prefer as opposed to the other two due to just familiarity and then also climate because I'm a man of the north.
1: Sure. And that's a fair enough point. I think for me, um, I was originally going to say Vice City because I love the aesthetic, but I think it would get a little old after a while. So I'm going to say San Andreas just because, like the early '90s with like the the, the rock scene and the hip hop scene, and like just like the amount of things that you can do in that world is just awesome. Like you can That's go, fair. you can go to these different cities, you can go gambling, you can go. Yeah, you don't like Chicago as much as I do, do you? No, I really don't like Chicago. I Sorry, enjoy Chicago. Chicago. Fans. Well, we can go down there sometime, and you'll you'll see why. But. No, oh, geez. I know there's there's reasons to not like Chicago. No but... insult to our Chicago fans. You're, it's okay, but I don't hey,
0: like I'm I'm all for that windy city.
1: <sighs> well, you know, as a Milwaukee resident, I have to disagree. But, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that has been our discussion on the classic Grand Theft Auto series, uh, a series that both of us are really fond of, uh, particularly the PS2 era ones. Maybe in the future we'll talk about four and five or some of the side shots, but we just wanted to kind of jump into another series that are near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. And that's really the goal uh, of this episode. So that being said, Jeremy, I will let you leave us with some final thoughts. Turns out crime does pay. Yeah, especially if you're hitting kids in the head lemon—you know, after making lemonade. One time this week. All right, don't bust my balls about once this week. So ladies and gentlemen, just remember, you throw one baby off a roof, <laughs> all of a sudden you're the guy who throws babies off the roof. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. Take care. i <laughs>
0: White City mirrors a 1980s Miami. I can't, I can't Miami, yeah,
1: Miami. Give me the yeah, capregul. ghoul. we are going to Miami. Uh, uh, Miami, we're
0: going to the <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I just put a sweatshirt. I'm uh, like my apartment's cold, so I'm shivering and having a hard time, like actually talking.
1: Hey, yeah, then we gotta go to like, Miami, Miami. <laughs> All
0: right.